Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. For this month, it has been declared our month of perfection. Or for some of you, call it our month of perfecting. Whichever one you are all right, it has been declared our month of perfection. But now there are covenants that backs that very particular month. There are covenants we need to engage that guarantees that perfection be seen in our lives. And so we then seal it up with communion as part of the, as what's called, as the mystery that we believe in this commission, which is the symbolism of Christ in us, which is the symbolism of us cascading the month with the blood and the body of Jesus that as we go into that month, we are going as Christ and not as defeated foes. And so based on that, on, on, on Friday, if I'm not mistaken, on Friday, which is the first day when we have our prayer and fasting, I was making you all to understand what you call what is in it in this month. Part of the thing that is in it in this month, I give you as an acronym, sir, which is July. July, our month of perfection. The JDM means, because I don't want to spend more time so that I can get straight into the word of God. The JDM means, it means ability for us to jubilate. So which means there is jubilation for somebody this very particular month. The Bible says, if your eyes can see, he says to Abraham, he says, for as much as your eyes can see, he says, it shall be given unto you. If your eyes see jubilation this month, according to God's word, jubilation is available for you. Jubilation is available for you. It makes us to understand in Jeremiah chapter 3, I mean 13 verse, um, Jeremiah 31 verse 13. Mamma um, you don't need to worry. I'll let you know when we're going to start. But this, I'm just doing a wrap up of on, what's it called, of on Friday. And so I'll let you know when we are going to start. And so based on that, uh, jubilation, according to Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 13, he makes us to understand that for God will turn our mourning into joy. And he says he, we will find comfort in him. So which means everything that looked like shame from the first half till that June 30th, it says that this month it shall be turned into joy. I pray for somebody this morning that jubilation that you want to hear in your house, jubilation you want to find in your life, that you will find them this month in the name of Jesus. It also says that this month carries a grace of umpire, a grace of an umpire, which means the ability for you to dictate the happenings of your life, which means it is going to be with you in, with what called in partnership with God. If you partner with God for you to become the big boy, it is possible this month. If you partner with God for you to be able to be maritally set to this month, it is possible. If you partner with God for you to be able to enter into place of corridors of influence, it is possible. Everything in Christ is already possible. And so based on that reality, it makes us to understand that for Jesus, he says to the 12 disciples, he says he gave them power. According to the book of Luke chapter 9 verse 1, it gave them power. The power he gave them is the ability for them to control the happenings. If they allow, so be it. If they disallow, so be it. And that's what we have been looking into this very particular, what's called this very particular 10 days. Today being the day 3. That we know that we have been declared an umpire of our life from God. And so which means we determine what stays and what go. The, the other thing again we look at is the elder. The elder talks about longevity. Which means the ability for things not to die in your hand anymore. 
which means whatever has been what's called whatever has been killed or whatever has been stolen from your life from january in fact i just hear god now says from 2019 when covid happened that whatever has been stolen from that time the double anointing that is going to restore to you this very particular month is going to restore to you with longevity longevity psalm chapter 91 verse 16 it says, with long life will I, God, satisfy you. It says, and show you my salvation with long life, with long life. It also makes us to understand with that why there. The why there means two things. It means ability for you this month. If you've been playing games with God, please and please, it's a month for you to get serious. The second half of the year is a half whereby, like I said to you all on our prayer and fasting days, if you miss the first match, this is the second match you can't miss. You can't miss the second match. Because after this one, it's either penalty or the game is over. And you and I know that life does not give us penalty chance. It does not give. That by the time life comes, it gives you according to your understanding, according to your revelation, and according to the confidence you are going to use to engage life. Life does not pity anybody. My question is, why should he? Why should life pity? And so is your ability for you to be serious this morning and to yield yourself. To yield yourself. And also, it says for us this month that is our month of yielding results. I like the boat. The ability, the more I yield to God, the more I yield results. And so, with that being said, this very particular morning, our text for this very particular morning is in the book of Psalm chapter 138. we are about to start. Psalm chapter 138, I'm from verse 8. Psalm 138, verse 8. The Bible here says, it says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. It says, May your mercy, O Lord, endure forever. He said, do not forsake the works of your hand. He says, do not forsake the works of your hand. He says, but the Lord will perfect all that which concerns me. There is a perfecting grace that is available that God wants to perfect to everyone at this very particular season. It makes us to understand that no matter how worse and how bad the thing is, he said, for the Lord will perfect. For the Lord will perfect. For the Lord will perfect. I stand this morning and I declare that this month of July, you will find perfection upon your life in the name of Jesus. Every place that you have been struggling to see perfection, maybe you've been struggling to see perfection in your hand, perfection with your job, perfection with your career, perfection with anything that matters to you. I stand as your prophet this morning that you will begin to find perfection in the name of Jesus. It also makes us to understand in the book of uh, what's called Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. He says, and being confident in this very thing. He said that God which began a good work. My dear sisters and brothers, there are good work that has been begun. From the beginning, good work has been begun concerning your life. From the first day you enter into this planet Earth, the day your mother took you in and she said to your father or she said to your dad or you conceive by yourself to know that I am on Earth, I'm no more in heaven. From that day, good work has already been begun in your life. He says the God which began the good work, he says in you, he said, will perform until the days of Jesus Christ. He said he will perform. He will perform. I declare to you this morning that every forces of the devil that may want to make the perfection of God not to become a reality in your life, that those forces be dropped dead over your life in the name of Jesus. He says, I'm being confident. I'm being confident. In this very thing, I'm being confident. Which means that is a, that is a, what's called, that is a position that you must take that guarantees for you to be able to see your perfection. I'm being confident. I'm being confident. 
and being confident. One of the things in which, um, what you call, Mama Paul, you don't have the scripture, but don't worry. In the book of Matthew chapter 8 from verse 22 to 27. Matthew 28, because I want you to see how God by himself will push when perfection needs. Matthew 28 from verse 20, I mean Matthew 8, sorry. What am I saying? Mark 8, I'm talking about Mark. Mark 8, chapter 22, Mark 8, 22 to 27. Mark 8, 22 to 27 is a story of the man that was brought to Jesus. The Bible says concerning that very particular man, that this very particular blind man was brought to Jesus Christ. And as he was brought to Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, the Bible says that as this man was brought to him, the Bible says, and Jesus by himself, he took the man. And after that, he took the man out of the city gate. And when he got to the city gate, um, the Bible says, and Jesus spat on his hand um, and put his hand on his eyes. And he said to this very particular man, he asked him, how can you see? Do you see clearly? The Bible says, and the man looked, he says, I saw men walking a street. Guess what? Jesus was not ashamed for him to repeat the same thing. Because there is always a chance for God to give somebody a second chance. He was not, and guess what? If the man keeps saying, I can't see, I see men as three, see men as cow, see men as dog, see men as this. Because why? For as far as sight is concerned, God does not play with sight. We get to see with the life of Paul. Paul was making us to understand that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. There is a level of illumination that you can carry in Christ that will settle you, that will bring you into rest permanently. That no matter the distractions and the, what you call, the deceivers and the charlatans that are trying to show up day in and day out, you are not confused. The Bible says, uh, let's look at it. Mark chapter 8 verse 22 to 27. It says, and he came to Bethesda. It says, and they brought him a blind man unto him, and they besought to touch him. It says, and he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. Ah, time will not permit me to explain to you why he led this guy out of the town. It says, and when he spit on his eyes, it says he put upon him and asked him if he sees. And the man looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. And the Bible says in 25, it says, after that, it says he put his hand again upon his eyes. He says, and he looked up, and his eyes was restored, and the man saw clearly. He put his hand again. I don't know what is that very particular thing that looked blind. I don't know what is that vision that you are not seeing clearly. I don't know what is that very particular thing that is causing confusion in your life. I declare tonight as we partake of this communion that every veil that has covered your eyes, every veil that has covered your understanding, it shall be brought down in the name of Jesus. The Bible says for this man, it says he touched his eyes again. He touched his eyes again because why? God is a God of perfection. God can never leave you that as long as this year is concerned. It says that this is your year of overflow. He can never leave this year to come to an end without you enjoying overflow. It's impossible. And so for this second half, it's about to touch you again. It's about to touch your finances again. It's about to touch your career again. It's about to touch your marriage again. It's about to touch the body again. In the name of Jesus. He says concerning this blind man, and he says unto him, he says, can you see? And the man says no. And Jesus was not ashamed. He allowed himself to go through the torture of second time. Second time. The same way God was not ashamed that the devil has made the earth decay in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. And he showed up again the second time. And he says, this one I'm going to do is going to be perfecto. 
is going to be the finishing product. I declare upon somebody this morning under the sound of my voice. I speak to your life, to your career, to everything that matters to you. That in this second half of this year, from this July, everything that needs perfection, it will be perfected speedily in the name of Jesus. And so because of that, this very particular moment, we are going to be looking of what are the systems, what are the systems that guarantees for all-round perfection? What are the systems that guarantees for all-round perfection? There are systems that guarantee for all-round perfection. What are the systems that guarantees? Number one, I think this morning I'm going to be looking about four of it. From what I have, according to my note, I have about eight of those systems. And I'll try if I done the, the remaining four, we're going to finish them on Thursday. But nonetheless, we're going to do something this morning. What are the systems that guarantees for all-round perfection? Now, I want you to understand something here this morning before I give you my point number one. God is a God of perfection, but there are laid down principles and systems that he enforces that, he, that we need to be able to enforce upon ourselves. We need to be able to enforce. Like this very particular message we are preaching, if you look at the title or the blog of this message that I'm doing currently now, I made it to understand that every perfection that we will ever have as far as earth ministry work and everything has already been routed through Christ. But it will take our ability for us to be able to activate some certain things. There are some of you who have activated the place of finance. There are some of you who have activated the place of marital settlement. There are some of you. But until all the wells of salvation, you take interest to draw them out and activate those possibilities. You will still be lacking in that place. And perfection is one of them. That God, I like the fact that my business is making this very particular $5,000 what's called $5,000 per month. But my perfection in my mind is $10,000. And God says no problem. Because he understands that in him, he says all things consist in him. So the perfection we are talking about is not something that is far-fetched. It's something that is already in us. But it takes ability for us to press some certain activation button. For some of us, the ability to remind ourselves that for the reason why this thing is happening, maybe that this button, I've lacked this button. And so based on that point, number one, what is the, the systems we're talking about? Is what I call the system of submission and genuine humility. The system of submission and genuine humility. One of the things I've seen with this work we do, even us as pastor. I, I, I see that all the time. You will see people when they have problems, they are all about you. They show some level of humility. The kind of humility they show you yourself, you'll be doubting. If humility look like this, Kai, this is nice. But wait, when, when, the, when the hand of God begins to show upon their life, that is when you really know if humility is in their life. That's when you really know. That's when you really know. And guess what? God is not mocked. He knows that this perfection that you are looking for, he knows it's in Christ, but he can tell from his, from his lexicon concerning your life that this level of what you are showing, the day I give you this $1 million, the last time I will see you is that very particular day, the money you enter into your bank account. The system called submission and genuine humility. God is looking to perfect all that which concerns you, but the level of your yieldedness to the principle of God is what he is currently watching in your life. That is nothing stopping God. The activation button is in your hand. But there is a level of yieldedness. A level of submission. A level of humility to God. That you can then begin to enjoy yourself. Let's look at the Bible. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 4 to 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 4 to 6. Sorry, 1 Corinthians 10, 4 to 6. Arakos Philata. Is it? Oh, Mamupo, I think I made a mistake. It was supposed to be 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. 
It's my mistake. Second Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 4 to 6. It's my mistake. Second Corinthians 10, 4 to 6. Oh, you know, you can't blame me. The moment I'm beginning to send you that very particular thing, all the energy in me just want to get prepared. <laughs> so it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 4 to 6. The Bible here says, it says, For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal. It says, But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It says, And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Like this week, like this week, we are still in praying and fasting. He says, I'm bringing every thought, bringing every captivity, bringing every, what he called, imagination, whatever stronghold. He said, bring them down into the obedience of Christ. But this is where we like quoting verse, what he called verse 4 and verse 5. But we forget to understand that for that very particular thing to answer us, verse 6 is the principle, the system that guarantees the casting down, the perfection of everything that you want to see. That this Inyanga, this Sangoma, this, this demonic incarnate, this problem that is currently attacking me, for me to cast this down, verse 6 is the answer. It says in verse 6, it says, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience, it says when your obedience is fulfilled. When your obedience is fulfilled. So which means from this very particular standpoint, submission is not anything. So it's not anything that is taken away from you. But submission is God's principle of system to add to you. Submission is God's system to add to you. It is God's system to add to you. It is God's system to add to you. Submission. You see, when you look at the word submission, I think, I don't know, I'm just thinking about the marriage context. It's a problem for people, when they, especially marriage. When you hear that, when some women hear that word submit, eh, we cool like a gay. The, the way, that, why must I submit, don't you? I'm a woman, I have rights like my husband also. Hey, calm down. In this ministry, what we do? Hear me and hear me what? The man is the head of your home. There is the place whereby the Bible says submit one to another, which is Ephesians 5.21. Many of us like reading 22. There is a one to another, but it gets to that place whereby it says, wife, submit unto your own husband, not submitting to your pastor, your own husband. First, before you think of your pastor, if you are married, hear me, and the person you submit to, if your pastor call you 2 a.m., you fly, and your husband call you that 2 a.m., you did not fly. Ah, there's something is wrong with that submission. I don't care what you are going to say to me. I'm going to tell you the truth. If me, your pastor, call you 2 a.m. I don't know why I'll be calling you by 2 a.m. Because I'm trying to understand. But let's see. And your husband needs you that 2 a.m. My dear, hear me and hear me. Well. Go to your husband. Because why? Submit one to another. And he now says in verse 22. He says, submit, wife, submit to your own husband. The same way husband submit to your own wife. Now, the problem with why people are having problem with this submission is because they feel as if it's going to take the best out of their life. They feel as if by the time I'm going to do this submission thing, that all of a sudden my name is going to change from Darlington to Marlington. Because that's the only reason why many people are fighting this very particular mystery. It's a system in the kingdom called submission. For example, I'm going to use my marriage as an example, and of which I believe every marriage on planet Earth that is good in God also experienced that. Because of my wife's yieldedness to me, guess what? There is nothing that she will want as in my capacity to do that I will not do it for her. Because why? Submission has made me release the keys of everything that matters to me. Submission is God's system. I remember I was telling a particular lady, I said, see, if you know the weapon called submission in marriage, if you know that weapon, I promise you, you'll be so shocked that your husband, if he wants to go and cheat tomorrow, and because of the level of submission you have given him, he will tell you. And the lady was laughing. I said, yes, he will. Because it's not possible. When Sarah submitted fully to Abraham, 
And all of a sudden, Abraham now says she's my sister and it will find himself in a Bimelech house and all of a sudden, the Bible says because of the level of submission from Sarah, God himself woke up that night and told that king, you are a dead man. God himself woke up. So there are some certain level of submission that guarantees for perfection to be in view. There is a level of submission. He says in verse 6, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 6, he says, and having in readiness to avenge all disobedience, which means everything that is fighting against you, everything that is not of God, everything that you see that you know this is not part of God's system. He says, having in readiness to avenge all of that disobedience. He says, it can only happen when your own obedience is full. The obedience, the ability for you to submit yourself into the will of God. The ability for you to submit yourself into the things and the dealings of God. Many of us, when we talk about this very particular submission, oh, our mind begins to go like this. People are, they are here again. They want to now begin to manipulate us. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. One of the things in which I put here, I say submission is not any man's taking advantage of you or trying to take your right, but the power under controls that guarantees for your advancement, lifting, and perfection. Submission is a power under control that guarantees for your advancement, for your lifting, and for your perfection. It's a power under control. When God says in the book of James chapter 4 from verse 7 to 10, James chapter 4 from verse 7 to 10, Vrakosh Pilata, James 4, 7 to 10, he says here, he says, submit yourself therefore unto God. Submit yourself. Now, God is asking you that, see, submit yourself. But many of us, we skip these five, what's it called? One, two, three, four, five. Five statements, we skip it. We go to the last part. Resist the devil, for he will flee from you. But my question, as we are going into this week of prayer and fasting, have you fully submitted yourself unto God? If perfection must be in view. Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. He says, and he will flee from you. He says, I mean, what's God? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse 8, he said, draw nigh unto God and he will draw near to you. He says, cleanse your hearts, ye sinners. He says, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He says, be afflicted and mourn and weep. He says, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. He says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. He says, and he shall lift you up. He shall perfect all that concerns you. He shall make right everything that looks wrong. He shall recorrect everything. You know, I've said this in this kingdom, that hear me and hear me well. In this kingdom, your background does not matter as long as you are obeying God's instruction. In this kingdom, everyone has an advantage regardless of your background. Everyone. We do have an advantage. But it comes from the standpoint of you understanding that you must be willing to submit yourself. Your submission and humility to the things of God. Your submission, you know, one of the things I tell people, I say, see, this work we do. Everybody can do it. Everybody. Everybody. But the question that I want to ask you, if you are willing to pay the necessary price, number one, call being called. Number two, receive of him. Because as much as you have called, you have to receive of that very particular job. There are many of us that are called that yet we have not been sent and yet we are running the race. And many also now they have not received. Well, Lord, you call me. What is the message that you are sending me to go and do? And after that, there is a standpoint of submission. Now, this is where it gets difficult. You see this next level? That's why I, tell, I say everybody can do this thing in God. God does not have selection. He only has availability. As long as you are available, God will work with you. Your availability from your standpoint of submission. And that also includes your submission into his will. There is a standpoint of submission. 
trust me, that place, I'm, I'm in this field. I can tell you it is painful on that submission part. You will hear God tell you, close your business, close everything, and just follow me. Ah, how? He said to Peter, and what you call, and his boys, he says, what you call, um, what you call, he says, leave this business, carry your net and everything, drop it, and also follow me, for I will make you fishers of men. And these guys stupidly agree, following Jesus, the force of submission, the system of submission. Do you notice that when they followed Jesus, Peter, James, and John, and all the disciples who followed Jesus, they were all the patriarchs of faith, that the tomorrow, we have not even stopped reading them. That every time you open your Bible, but you forget to understand that somebody submitted that guarantees that perfect life that we see. You want to enjoy perfection in everything that concerns you? Check the place that you have not submitted it into God. I remember one story I will never forget. My wife likes saying that very particular story. And when she shared the story with me, I liked the story. She says for as long as she was serving God, everything of her life she submitted to God. But there is one part that she refused to submit. She said to God, God, I got this. I can cover. No, God, me, I got this. I know how to do it. You can't tell me I know. And that was a part of her relationship. Ah, she bleed. I don't want to say she bleed. I don't want to say all the story. But she bleed. She knows. You can inbox and ask her, Mama, how did you bleed? Pastor say you bleed. How? She will tell you how she bleed. But when she now decided to submit that part to God, I popped out. Let me just use the word. To cut, I popped out immediately. Because why? When you submit totally to God, you will begin to see that God begin to lift you up. This scripture we read in the book of James chapter 4 from verse 7 to 10. From that place, you see some certain things he said from verse 7 to 10. He says, number one, submit. He says, draw near. Which means as a place where you submit, just because you submit does not mean that you are near. Haven't you seen people whereby they will show you that they are for you? But wait, when something show up, you will now know whether they draw near or they didn't draw near. So don't be confused of people who tell you that they are your best friend. Don't. Wait, when something show up and for you to test the level of submission, it will either be drawn near or draw far. Which means it is easy for us to submit, but the draw near is where the problem is. It says submit. And it says also in verse 8, it says draw near to God. So which means it is not a mistake for James to echo this. He says submit, but as you submit, draw near, like come closer. Don't submit afar off. There are some of you, you are, uh, you are an afar off member of the church. You are an afar off relationship with God. You are still saying that no, for as long as oh, well, let them do their thing, it's okay. Afar off citizen. Those are the people I call them, the drive through Christians. They call them, they just drive through, but they will never enter inside the place to buy their product. They will keep driving through. He now says submit. He says draw near. It also makes us to understand nothing in which he says there. Uh, where is it? James 4, yeah. Nothing which he says there. He says now clean your hands. Clean your hand. Clean your hand. Which means everything, every corruption that you have partake. Indirectly, they're cleaning your heart, your hand here is the ability for you to let things go that is not of God. Whatever you've been holding that does not make any sense. In the standpoint of submission, you have to drop it down. You have to drop it down. It also said purify your heart, which means every concept, ideology of the world system that you carry, for you to totally submit in humility, you have to purify your heart. It says purify your heart, and it now says don't be double-minded. Indirectly, ability for you to want to be playing games with God. You know, let me just, let me just check up. Let me just sign in. I'll sign in in the morning. I'll just sign in by, by, by 9 o'clock and 9.10 and, and, and just to see. Then I will come back again and check by, by 10 minutes to 11 because that's when pastor was about to finish service. Why are you deceiving? You are deceiving nobody. Like nobody, nobody. There are some of you which I know you do that, but I don't, I don't. It's not my work with God. It's your work with God. 
He says, work out your salvation. So it's your salvation. I'm working my own out. He now says, he said, don't be double-minded. The ability for you not to, one minute you are in church, the next minute you are outside there. The next minute you are totally dead. And all of a sudden you remember, ah, oh boy, there's a church, well, let me go. He said, don't be double-minded. He now says, be ready. Now let me explain verse 9. Verse 9 says, be afflicted and mourn and weep. He said, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Now what does it mean there? It means your ability for you to ready to go through the shame and the pain that I stand for God. How many of you will be ready to be afflicted and mourn? And says, no matter what, I stand for God. My perfection and my lifting, my advancement is all routed in Christ. So I stand for God. I stand for God. I stand for God. The ability for you. How many of you can stand the shame of being called the son of the most high God? How many? Where all things are not working and yet you still say, I know my redeemer live it. I know he will come true for me. Being confident in this. Now, when you get to that very particular point, your submission now is now beginning to score point. It says also, it says, being afflicted. He now says, humble yourself before God, which is verse 10. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, not in the sight of your pastor. Because many of you think that humbling yourself in the sight of your pastor, you are humbling yourself before God. He, you are dealing with an all-knowing God. He knows your intention. He knows that you are just trying to, because Darlington is limited in terms of what you call, in terms of insight and information concerning you. And all of a sudden, you can, be, you can show humility inside of me. But are you really humble? If God would do a lexicon checkup and do a parameters and to check your humility before him, can he find you clean? Or as I'm talking to you now, so that as we are about to pray, you know what we are saying. You don't put yourself in a tight corner. You know. It says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, from verse 4 and verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 4 and verse 5. It says here. It says praying with much intrigues. That we would receive the gift. It says and take upon the fellowship of the ministry of the saint. It says and they did not. It said they did not. Said, and they did not as we hoped. It said but they first gave themselves to the Lord. Mark the statement, they first give themselves to the Lord. They first give themselves to the Lord. They first give themselves to the Lord. Before you give yourself to any pastor, any commission, any ministry, ask yourself, how have you been dead in giving yourself to the Lord? Paul the Apostle here was talking about the church of the Corinth. He was making us to understand how much of themselves that they have given to God. He now says, and also unto us, which means as they give themselves to God, they understand the will of God and they give themselves to man. Because as far as this work we do, there is always that place of your giving yourself to God, to his will, and also to man. Because the blessings of God is from man to man. If your path is not aligned by your foolish submission to man, forget it. You cannot enjoy some certain blessing in the hands of men if you don't fully submit yourself. Many of us, our submission to men is what we can get. Our submission is not genuine submission to say no matter how bad the thing is, I'm still going to be there. I'm still going to stand. I will stand with you. I will stand with you. Some of you, the reason why some certain favor you are still you are still troubling to get the favor from that uncle is because the uncle knows that your, your, for lack of a better word, your submission to him is totally dependent on what you can get from him. So because of that, he knows if I can't give you anything, you are gone. So because of that, he will also hold the thing so that you can see that I have it to enforce your submission to stay. But why will you, why will you hurt yourself to that extent? Be real. Be real. Be real. Play 
this thing with God in a real way and not in a way whereby you are trying to take chances. The Bible make me understand here on this scripture with Joshua. It said they first gave themselves unto the Lord. It says, and then also they give themselves unto us. Philippians chapter 1 verse 7. Philippians chapter 1 verse 7. You can write down Philippians 1 from verse, I mean Philippians chapter 1 from verse 1 to 7. And also Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5 to 12. I'll be fast in reading these very particular two scriptures so that I can get to my next point. Philippians chapter 1 from verse 1 to 7. It says here, it says, I want to show you now from the standpoint of being confident in this. I want to show you this so that you can then see it. So that whenever you are quoting this scripture, let's begin to know that what we are quoting, let's understand it. Let's understand what we are quoting. He says here, Philippians chapter 1 from verse 1 to 7. Um, I hope I have it all full here. Philippians 1 from verse 1 to 7. It's a long read, I know. Philippians chapter 1 from verse 1 to 7. Philippians chapter 1 from verse 1 to 7. The Bible says here, it says, Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ. It says, to all the saints in, in Christ Jesus, which are in Philippi. It says, which the, which, with the bishops and the deacon. It says, grace be, on, grace be to you, peace from our Lord and Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He says, always in every prayer of mine, he says, for you all making request with joy. He said, now verse 5, now begin to make us understand. He said, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. For your fellowship in the gospel. He says, I'm being confident in this very particular fellowship of the gospel that you have been from the beginning. Which means your deadness and your yieldedness. He says, from this, that's what the scripture is saying. We only took that part. In the book of Philippians 1, 6, and give to you. But now we are showing the confident part that guarantees that from this being confident in your fellowship with God. It says, uh, it says that which he has begun in you. It says he will perform it unto the days of Christ. It says even as it meets for me to think of this of you. It says because of my heart, because I have a heart for you in me. In as much as, in, as both in my bonds. It says, and in defense and confirmation of the gospel. It says, ye are partaker of my grace. But if you look at this scripture here, verse 5 says there, it says, for your fellowship in the gospel. For your fellowship, not your ability to start and stop. Your continuous deadness, your deadness, submission, and genuine humility. Genuine humility. Genuine humility. He now says also in verse 7, it says, in defense and in confirmation of the gospel. He said, for ye are partakers of my grace. My dear sisters and brothers, in this commission, in this work we do of God, we all operate in a shared dominion system. It's a shared dominion system. Paul the apostle is making them to understand, for your submission to God, you are partaking of the grace I carry. See, there are, every man has a grace that is, that is invested on them via the works and the dealings of God. If you find yourself lacking, look for men that carries the grace and submit yourself in there. Paul was saying there that ye all are partakers of my grace. Partakers. Submission to God in humility. In humility. In humility. In humility. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5 to verse 12. Philippians 2, 5 to 12. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus he said, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He said, but made himself of no reputation. 
he made himself of no look at look at the, the second in command if we have to look at it in terms of hierarchy the second in command he made it of no reputation because remember they were all equal but let's put hierarchy god who came out of god to become son decide to say it is of no reputation for me that i'm going to humble myself as far as earth is concerned he says of no reputation upon him he said took on the form of a servant he says and was made in the likeness of men he says and being formed and fashioned of men the bible says he humbled himself he humbled himself and become obedient so which means you can be humble and not obedient he says he humbled so a lot of people will tell you i'm humble check their obedience your obedience can only be in, i mean your humility can only be in full if your obedience is actually in the picture if you say you are humble we can see it from your obedience of the wills and the dealings of god when he asks you of anything we, you read the bible you can see all the laws and instructions of god we if you say you are really humble we would check it from your obedience he says he says an obedience unto death he says even to the death of the cross he said, wherefore, thank God for those who are obedient. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, he said, every knee should bow in heaven and things in earth that we are currently praying and things under the earth and every tongue that confess that Jesus is the Lord to the glory of the Father. He says, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, mark the word, wherefore, my beloved, for you to be able to enjoy oral perfection. That is a place of submission, obedience to the will and the dictates of God. For you, he says, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. Indirectly, don't stop it. He says, not in my presence only, but as much as in my absence. He says, now, walk out your salvation with fear and with trembling. Walk out your salvation in fear and in trembling. Quickly, let's look at the example of men. Example of men who were fully obedient to the things of God. And all of a sudden, we begin to see how all-round perfection begin to happen in their life. Number one, his name is called Abraham. Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 to verse 4, you can write it down. Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 to verse 4. Genesis 12, 1 to verse 4. We get to see with Abraham, all of a sudden, Abraham was a man that understand what God, what it means. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1. The Bible says, and God caught Abraham from his father's house, and he says, unto the land I will show you. He says, I will bless them that bless you and curses them that curse you. And after all the wonderful promises that God gave him, and all of a sudden, Abraham obedient, I mean, Abraham humility was seen by his obedience to the instructions of God. You want to enjoy oral perfection? The Bible says in verse 4 of Genesis 1 verse 4, he says, and Abraham departed. I humble, yes, but I will be seen by my obedience. Because you can say I'm humble and yet you're not obedient. It's possible. It's possible. I'm humble, but yet obedience is not in full. The Bible says concerning Abraham, and he stood up and he left. He did not argue. He knows that I want, that this life, 75 that I am now currently, oh boy, nothing is showing up. There are some of us now, this is the second half of the year. Five months to go, five or six, five months to go because we're already in July. No, yeah, somewhere around, okay, well, you know the number. Calculate me and number without money at the end. <laughs> and, you know, me and number without naira, dollars, or sand, or whatever they call it, dollars, or rand. I say sand, rand. Ah. But guess what with Abraham? Abraham, the Bible says, and he departed. And so because of that very particular departing that Abraham did, God was jealous of Abraham. 
He was so jealous because Abraham, you abandoned your family, your kindred, your friends, your everything, and you choose to humble yourself and obey to say, stand up and go. Haba, God investment of perfection upon the life of Abraham was so strong to the point that even when men were trying to fight Abraham, God stood up and said, you, you, are, you try it, you are finished. There are some of you, that same power is already at work in you, but it needs the activation of humility, genuine obedience, genuine submission. Stop playing games. Stop. As I'm saying this, I feel like crying because sometimes when I see some certain people, some of you, when you call and I hear of your troubles and call, I can tell that your obedience is not in full. I know. And if I try to talk to you because you are too emotional, I try to pull the spiritual, pull the, what's called the portal of my office to help in that very particular place. I know it can't be permanent because why? Your obedience is not in full. Your obedience is not in full. There are some of you, you've been able to bump possibilities in the few days or few months that you have been in Platform Church. But right now you are wondering, check your obedience. Go back and check. When we look at Abraham's life in Genesis chapter 24, the Bible says, and God has blessed Abraham in all things, which means he has been perfected in all things. All things means all things, not some things. And Abraham died in a very good old age to the point that his eyes was not dim. That was how perfect Abraham's life is. But we can see from Genesis chapter 12. So before you begin to shout, Abraham, blessings am I. Can you also begin to claim Abraham's humility and genuine obedience to be yours? We are very quick to shout, Abraham, blessings are mine. But nobody wants to say, Abraham, pains and sacrifice is also mine. So this morning, I want you to understand that for you to be able to pull off that very particular thing called the name, called perfection, there must be a place. I know I'm staying long on this part. Because if you can get this part right, every other part will become easy. The place of genuine submission and obedience. Genuine submission and humility. You remember our, what's called, the Y of July acronyms. The Y there say yieldedness to God. God is not an author of confusion. So he knows of this message today. And he has already arranged it according to the lexicon of the month of July. That guarantees the remaining year of this month. I mean the remaining days of this year. For you to enter perfection that is a place of yieldedness. Yieldedness. It is very important. We also see with a man called Moses. Another example is Moses. The Bible says, and God called Moses the bonny bush in the book of Genesis, I mean Exodus chapter 3. And after he called Moses in the book of Exodus chapter 3, the Bible says that Moses adhered to it. And as long as Moses was obedient to God's instruction from the call, we get to see that God made Moses to become God in the eyes of Pharaoh. Moses was literal God in the eyes of Pharaoh. Because while your obedience can pull God's potter to become available upon your life. Your obedience can activate the Christ in you that guarantees all devils to be silent before you. The standpoint of obedience. The Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. It says here. It says do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. Let's stay there. Do your best. It is now, I like how this NIV put it. Do your best. Let it be your best. To present yourself before God. It is your responsibility to do that. Pastor Darlington will never force you. Hear me, I will never, never. All, all of you or some of you or many of you, you know. I have never enforced anything for you to do. Not, not my, my part is to teach you the genuine word of God. In simplicity and in truth. And trust the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. 
Because that's the work of the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. My part is to give you the revelation of knowledge and the truth of it. But the Holy Spirit guides you into all truth. He said, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handled the word of truth. So which means you can incorrectly or you can incorrectly handle it. And that's why many of us, we are bleeding when it comes to the place of perfection in our life. I pray for somebody this morning, I sound of my voice, that you begin to find all-round perfection in your dealings with God in the name of Jesus. That whatever the enemy has been taken from you, that as your obedience become full, you begin to enjoy God like never before in the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter 4 verse 19 says, he says, and God said unto them, he says, follow me and I will make. Follow me and I will make. Jesus was talking to his disciples. This morning on this covenant day, on this covenant day of perfection, the number one thing that you must do, you must understand that the system of genuine obedience, genuine yieldedness, genuine submission, genuine humility, you have to put that part on the table with God. If that part is not with God, I don't know how you want to get your perfection. Because when he said to the disciple Jesus, he said, follow me, that in your follow, I will make. That perfection you are looking for in your genuine follow, I will make. Point number two. Point number two. What is again? It's part of the system that guarantees for our all-round perfection. It's number two. The principle of the word of God in your mouth. The principle or the systems of you making sure that the word of God stay in your mouth. The ability for that to stay and to settle in your mouth. The principle and the place of the word of God staying in you. It says in the book of Psalm chapter 119 verse 11. It says your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. David understand that for him to be able to walk this very particular work. As much as he has submitted himself to God. No wonder God said about David. He says, I, you say, I have not seen. He said, my servant David, my friend David. He called David my friend because he knew the level of David total deadness to him. And he now says, David now begins to make us to understand that there is a dimensions of the word of God that I take so serious. That I make sure that the word is in my mouth. He says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. My dear sisters and brothers, until the word of God settles in you, it cannot find expression in the earth that guarantees for your kingdom and for your perfection to be in view. Until the word of God settles in you, your ability for you, because why? God can only walk with his word in your mouth. He can only walk with the system of his word that he has put in your mouth. He can only walk with the system of the word in, in your mouth. The word of God in your mouth guarantees your all-round perfection. Guarantees your all-round. You can't be fully submitted and yet you are carrying the word system and bringing it into the kingdom. You are going to crash and burn. Perfection is guaranteed by the word of God in your mouth. Your ability for you to keep saying it. You don't stop talking it because why? You understand that the word of God is God's integrity itself. Hear me? The word of God in your mouth is God's integrity to perform that he has put in your mouth. The word of God in your mouth is God's integrity to perform that he has put in your mouth. 
your ability for you to be to to pay the price of studying the word of god jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16 jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16 the bible says here it says thy word were found and i did eat them you see what can be eaten your word was and i did eat them and the word was unto me joy and rejoicing of my heart he said for i am called by thy name he says oh god of hosts your words were found and i did eat them the word of god can be eaten the word of god can be found it's so very interesting hear me and hear me well that many of us have that very particular bible in our hand but yet the problem that we are currently going through the solution is there so just because the word of god is in your hand does not mean that you have found it have you found what the word of God concerning marital settlement? Have you found the word of God concerning perfection? Have you found the word of God concerning abundance? Have you found the word of God concerning when it comes to overflow? It says the word of God, it says we're found. It says, and I did eat them. Jeremiah was not ashamed for him to eat the word of God. He understand that for me to be able to pull off all the possibility, that must be the standpoint of me eating the word of God. Beloved sisters and brothers, family of rest, hear me and hear me well. My father, my uncle, my great-grandfather streaming from all the platform. The word of God can be found. If you can pay the price of putting yourself like you are doing now and taking out that after the service is over, I'm going to be, I'm going to be sold out to this word. So that the word I'm going to be speaking is going to be the word of God, not the word of this world. That is the word of God. That is the word of this world. No wonder he says in Romans 12 2, he said being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That transformation is possible, but your mind has to be renewed from the system of this W-O-R-L-D to the system of the W-O-R-D. There are two different systems and it comes from the standpoint of you finding the word and eat them. You take your time. You begin to push. You begin to marinate yourself. What's called Job chapter, Job chapter 23 verse 12. Job 23 verse 12. Kavranato shalata. Job chapter 23 verse 12. The Bible there says, um, it says, I have not departed from the, from the commandment of his lips. It says, I have treasured the word of his mouth more than my daily bread. No wonder we see that in the pain of Jacob, I mean in the pain of Job, Job was not confused about the dealings of God. He was not. Because why? As much as the pain was there, he has lost everything in the first half of his life. But he knows that the second half is going to be better than the beginning. We can then see the secret in Job chapter 23 verse 12. He says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. He was telling the boys that was around him that as long as I have not departed, perfection is guaranteed. As long as I have not departed from the commandment, which means the word that comes out of the mouth of God. He says, I have treasured the words in my heart. I mean in my mouth. I have treasured the word. I treasured them than my daily bread. Which means before I even eat food, there are some of you, before you even eat food in the morning, I have to eat the spiritual word. Like when somebody was asking me, why is it that you people all the time keep talking about the same thing in the Bible? I ask him, why is it that you people all the time also keep eating food every day? Why? Because until you take the word of God as your lifeline, you take the word of God as your, and for lack of better word, I wanted to use that name, Eskom, but now I'm, wonder, I'm wondering. Because Eskom now is beginning to mess up. As you take the word of God as the place that generates your light, you will now begin to talk like David. The word of God is a light and is a lamp. It's a light and is a lamp. Because why? You have found the word and you did eat them. And the word of God in your mouth has the creative force to create anything. It has the creative power to make alive all kinds of things. It has it. It has it. 
One of the things I say here in the book of, let's look at the scripture first. Psalm chapter 119 from verse 103. Psalm 119 from verse 103. Psalm 119 from verse 103. The Bible here says, it says, how sweet are your words to my taste. You see, they are sweeter than honey to my mouth. Your words are sweeter than honey to my mouth. Your words are sweeter than honey to my mouth. When you see all the results that people are checking, especially in God, genuinely in God, check how much, check their investment in the things of the word of God. Their investment cannot be compromised. They are sold out to the dealings of God as far as the study of the things of God is. It also makes us to understand in the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua 1 verse 8. Popular scripture, we all know that. It says, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth. Your mouth. Many of us, we are keeping the word in our heart. It's not coming out from our mouth. Until the word find expression in your heart and begin to come out from your mouth, your perfection cannot be in view. I'll repeat it again. Until the word of God find expression in your heart, your spirit man received of this truth and your mouth begin to say what the spirit man has captured, your perfection cannot be in view. It says, the book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth. It says, but I shall meditate therein upon it day and night. It says that I may observe to do all that is written therein. It says, for then I can be able to make my ways prosperous and have good success. It comes from the standpoint of you understanding that the word in your mouth is what guarantees your ability to see perfection. How do we know about this? We are going to be engaging the word tonight. And so I don't want to talk more about the word. We are going to be engaging the word practically tonight. How do we see about it? Everything that God created was from a standpoint of what his spirit man has received and what his mouth was saying. He says, let there be. Let there be. Let there be. And guess what? As far as the let there be was in, everything that looks contrary to what he was saying become as what he was saying. I'll repeat it again. As far as all the let there be that God was saying, everything that looked contrary to what God was saying in time, they become as what God was saying. There are many of us, the words in our mouth are not very, they are not strong. The moment you finish service, now you enter the road and all of a sudden you just look, they just, you just on your TV and they tell you that fuel price has been increased by 22 cents. Ah, this economy is going to kill me. And God is like, ah, really? Really? You look at, all of a sudden, you look at the price of commodities, or you look at the price, you go to a shop, and you look at the egg we used to buy for 78 rand. Why is it now 100 rand? What nonsense is that? Did they want to kill us? Ah, God, like, ah, the word have I found, and I did eat them. I did eat them. You want to find perfection in your life? Be careful how you say the words that come out of your mouth, because Christ is in you which is the fullness of the Godhead. But yet, if the fullness of Godhead, you don't talk like what is in you, and you talk because of what the circumstances are presenting before you, your perfection will not be in view. And so with that being said, let's look at our point three tonight, this morning, sorry. Point three. What is our point three? Hmm. I believe that you have been blessed tonight, this morning. I don't know why I keep saying tonight. I think because I've been doing nine services for the past two days. Point three. Let's look at it. Is what I've tied to the point three here. The system and principle of believing and having faith in God. The system and principle of believing. Now, I'm trying to just short all this. These are a whole message on its own. Whether it's a submission, whether it is the place of the word of God, or whether it's the place of this, the principle of believing. The principle of, what's called, the principle and the system of believing. 
in God and having faith also. The principle and the system, the principle and the system of believing and having faith in God. Many of us are believing, but not every one of us have the faith in God. We all believe that, yes, we can be, for lack of a better word, we can have the job. But do you have faith in God that God can make you have the job, regardless of the fact that your CV do not look like the position you're applying for? When your faith and your beliefs, or your beliefs match with the faith of God on the inside of you, nothing can stop you. Nothing can absolutely stop you. The book of Matthew chapter 24 from verse 13 to, I mean, from verse 12 and 13. Matthew 24, 12 and 13. The Bible here says, it says, and because, it says, and because iniquity shall abound, it says, the love of many shall what cold. It says, but that, it says, but he that shall endure to the end, it said, the same shall be saved. Your ability for you to endure to the end is, is resting upon your believing and your having faith in God. That God, I know that I've entered the second half of this year. I'm standing currently now on the day number three in the month of July. I know. And so based on that, he says there on that platform of believing. He said, because many shall wax cold. We are seeing already things that are coming out and people now are beginning to lose their mind. You hear some certain doctrines, some certain what you call ideologies, some certain things. People are losing their mind. When COVID showed up, part of the things that we showed up, we are still trying to recover when it comes to church growth. Every church is feeling that bleed. Well, I'll use that as much in my little mind. Every one of us, we are feeling the bleed. Because why? When COVID hit, it says many shall wax cold. COVID eat a lot of people wax cold. A lot of people lose their mind when it comes to the dealings and the works of God. And so my dear sisters and brothers this moment, believe and be confident is what guarantees your ability for you to express the perfection that is already on your inside. It says in the book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, it says, and be confident in this. Which means Paul was making the church of the Philippi to understand there is a belief and my faith in God. Um, that the God which begins the good work in your life, he is able to carry it into completion. There is a level of belief and your confidence in God that guarantees for your perfection. That guarantees for your all-round rest and your all-round settlement. It has to come from the standpoint of your believing and your having faith in God. Your believing and your having faith in God. One of the things in which I put here, I say for you to be an umpire of your life, where you can control everything, you must be able to settle the part of believing and having faith in God. You must be. Remember that July is our month also of umpires. The ability for us to, to live a life of big boys where we control everything. But if we want to control that, we must be able to know that there is a source that that source is what guarantees every word that I'm saying. And I believe that the source is there. And so because of that, I control all that is currently happening in my life. I control. I control my finance. I control my career. I control my marriage. I control my children. My children are not going to be wayward with all this. Whatever we are seeing currently now on TV. Where a 13 years old children, they are going to club. I control because they are under my roof. I don't understand. I have a lot to say on that thing, but I don't want to say because this is South Africa. For somebody to be like, okay, my, my friend, what's your problem? How does a 13 years old child, how did the child leave the house? I don't understand. How? 13. <laughs> and let me keep quiet. Just know that your pastor is from Nigeria. Some certain law does not make sense to me here. You know, I think there was one time, <laughs> I remember my wife and I were talking and we were just talking about the kids and sometimes we crack joke. And we're talking about the kids and the kids training up the children and stuff. <laughs> 
And I said to her, I said, baby, says, let's, let's settle this now. And I'm even saying it now again, because she knows. I said, let's settle this now. When it comes to our children, you see, yes. You know, you people, South Africa, you guys spank. I said, no problem. Two of us count the spanking. No. You spank, I beat. It's a two different thing. You spank, I beat. The two. I said, you're spanking. And you know, you know we Nigerians, the way we, the way we beat is not different. It's different for how you guys spank. Nigeria, when we beat, we beat, and we are talking from the beating point. Didn't I tell you not to go to that club again? And yet you go. By the time I finish my statement on the beating, when you think of club, you won't go again. 13 years old. 13 years old. Let's be honest. The family or the parent of that children, they've lost the grip of controlling that very particular kid. A 13 years old that I still put food in his mouth will now tell me, Darlington Steve, let's leave the pastor. Darlington Steve or Meza will tell me it's my right for me to do anything. As you step that house, just go. Your right means that go and look for your salary. Your right means go and look for your food. Your right means go and look for your clothes. Or it's your right for you to call the government. The government will take you tonight. They will take you out of my house. Then let me see how the government can train you. Because currently now we can see what the government training is doing. The ability for you to enter into an umpire's life. You control everything. You believe you have the your children 13 years old. Have now. Calm down. 13. Even 20. If you are still in my house, 20 years. I'm the one paying your bills. What, what nonsense is that? The clothes you are wearing, it's my salary I'm seeing there. When I look at you, I see my money. And you are telling me that it's my right. I don't understand where you get that right from. I will break the right. It will look like a firewood that I used to cook food for you. Who's silly? Like you South Africans say, you're not serious. My right. How? I've said this every time without number. This right nonsense that has been given to this bomb free is what is causing the decay we are seeing. I said it, I keep saying it. I say, if you are 35 below, you have no right. You have, because the parents, the, the South Africans that fought the pain, they are the ones who deserve the right, not this bone free. In fact, there is even between bone free and bone loose. Me, I have, I have about four different levels. I said, there's the bone tide, which is our fathers, our forefathers, the ones who fight. They have no chance. Then they are the bone free. I mean, I've got, I mean, the bone tide, then they are the bone confused first. That's the bone tide, bone confused. The born confused are the ones whereby if you are 40 below, you are confused because you are interplay between the born free and you the born confused. So that is the born tide, our fathers who fought. For me, I put those ones as a class of Mandela's and all of them. Then there's the, if you know you fight, you know when apartheid was heavy. Now those are the born tide. Then you now get to the born confused. That born confused people. Now they don't know, should I look like my father or should I look like the born free? Now there is the born free. If you are born from 20, what's called, when South Africa got freedom, they are called the born frees. But now there is also the one called the born, the born, the born loosed. Those ones, you, can, you look at them, you wonder, are you okay? Four different. But when you know how to believe, I'm using this very particular because see, I, I can only say this on this place here because I also have my right. I have my right. That's why I tell people, I say, as much as God may have his own right, I also have my own right. If my children will grow up and tell me, at a particular age where I know that they can't produce for themselves, and they tell me that, no, the government is what they want to hear. The government will sponsor them to school. I have no problem. Me, I'm very humble to that extent. My humility and my obedience is very full. The government will come and carry children. They will take them to school. No problem. Then let me see how far they can go. Let me see. But I'm saying all this to make sure that we as parents, hear me and hear me well, if you want to find perfection in your children, you must have a grip over them. You must. I don't care what government say. You must have a grip. Look at the law government are bringing you. You think that kind of law can make your children to become the president you want them to be? Ha -ba. Ha -ba. 
let's be honest. Let's let's check. Let's be honest now. Let's be honest. The law where SCOM is currently now giving us trouble, and yet you are carrying your children to go and give them. To go and give them. And you wonder, you surprise the kind of demonic certificate they bring to you. And you you hail them with certificate. Hold, be responsible. Hold your children. Hold your children. As I get back to my word, Luke chapter 1 from verse 34 to 38. Luke chapter 1, 34 to 38. The Bible says here. Now this is the place where we're looking at the life of Mary. How Mary was able to believe God. And the confidence she played in God. The Bible says, then Mary said unto the angel, how shall this be? Because I know not a man. He says, and the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall, be, shall overshadow thee. He said, therefore also, he says that the holy things of which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. He says, and behold, thy cousin Elizabeth hath also conceived, and conceived a son in her old age, which means at the second half of this woman, she conceived a son. In her old age, in the sixth month with her, it says, who was barren, verse 37, make us to understand. 37 now says, it says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And the Bible says in verse 38, and Mary, it says, Mary said, behold thy handmaid. It says, let it be according to thy word. And the Bible says, and the angel departed from her. To make it all, the Mary says, let it be according to your word. That I don't know how this very particular thing was going to happen. But I believe. And because of the belief, Mary gave the approval. Your beliefs give God approval to do what he wants to do in your life. Your belief gives God approval to pull off anything. At the standpoint of your belief and your faith in God. I, God can make anything possible. At the standpoint of your belief. At the standpoint of your belief. At the standpoint of your belief. How, be how dead you are to the belief of the things of God guarantees his possibilities upon your life how dead you are to the things of the god your belief and when it comes to god you can't wake me up i believe him totally 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 the way i believe god to the point that even when i'm preaching to two three five seven ten whatever i preach as if i'm preaching to two million people because why you can't wake me from that belief i'm dead to it you can't wake me from it you can't i know i know he says, like Paul says, I'm being confident in this. That it, he's telling you from the lexicon of his experience with God. I'm being confident. My question to you this morning, are you that confident that God will route his possibility for you? Are you that confident that God can be able to shift anything for you? He says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, because from the standpoint of faith, is this Hebrews 11 verse 1? I think it's my mistake. It's supposed to be Hebrews 11 1. No, Hebrews 11 6. Hebrews 11, 6. I don't know. I think my typing now is beginning to give me issues. Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. So which means you and I know too well that for us to be able to, to get from God, we have to come from the start point on the platform of faith. That as much as you believe, but who is your belief in? Is your belief in your uncle? Or your belief is in your, your friend? Or your belief is in your children? That when they grow, they'll be the one to take care of me. Or your own belief is the fact that me as the mother, me as the children, I am going to be so great like Abraham to the point that I will leave inheritance for my children's children. There is a word that I know in South Africa currently, and I see that's a word of Africa. It's not even South Africa. It's called black tax. It's a, that word, whoever came up with that word, that person tried. That's all I can say. Black tax has hold us, all African children, 
where even you as your mother, as a mother right now, you are still going back. You are still invest. I'm not saying don't honor your parents with seeds and stuff. It's a different thing. But whereby you are still paying, you have one million rand to invest, but that one million, you take 800 to pay the debt that they owe. And you are wondering, oh boy, how do you think that this one will move forward? And so because of that, guess what? Many of us as African parents, many of us as African mothers, we have that belief that our children will grow up and take care of us. And so because of that, we don't then believe in God. Our belief and our faith in God is not as strong that instead of my children growing up to take care of me, I will be so wealthy to the point that when my children are blessing me, they are giving me from the standpoint of honor, not from the standpoint that if they don't give me, I die. Let's be honest, many African parents have their beliefs. If their children do not bring anything, they are finished, totally finished, totally. Is that your belief? Do you believe? The Bible says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. It says, for he who, he, he, sorry, for he who come to God must believe. You want to get perfection this year. You must come to God with belief in your hand. He said, must come to God that believe that he is. That as you believe that God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I pray for somebody this morning at the sound of my voice. I declare that as your belief come in full, everything that needs to come together for your perfection to be in view, receive it now in the name of Jesus. Every force is fighting your beliefs. Every force is fighting your stand. Every force is making contradictory statements concerning your settlement. I terminate them this morning in the name of Jesus. It says in the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Matthew 6, 33. It make us to understand here. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said, and all these things shall be added unto you. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom. The kingdom represents all God's glory and his dominion. The kingdom represents everything. He, seem, he says, seek first my, my system. Seek first my principle. Seek first what methodology works in my kingdom. The ability for you to believe. That if you can seek the part of the kingdom is the belief and having faith in God. That if you can believe all these things that you are dying to get. He says, it shall be added to you. It shall be added to you. I remember a statement of Bishop David Oedepo of Winners Chapel, Nigeria. He said, one day God asked him a question. Because he was trusting God for some certain things to happen in his life and in his ministry. He said, God asked him a question. He said, can you use one eye to look up and use the other eye to look down? I'm asking you the same question. Can you try it? Can you use one of your eye, look up, and use the other eye, look down? If the answer is no, say God said to him. He said, in any time you are looking at men, never you attempt that you are looking up to me. He said, from that day, he stopped believing that men can do anything for him. His trust was in God and God can compel the man. No wonder we can see the grandeur of how God has perfected. Now, those are men that I look up to also. I do. I'm telling you my truth. I look up to them. How did this, how did they, how did, how did they die to these things of God? And yet, they are not moved by any contradictory statement that comes out. They are not moved. They are not moved. They are so locked. The other day, I think about this, this, this season of fasting and prayer. I just took my time and I was studying 10 great men of God that has walked this earth and I find one of their secrets. They were dead to serving God. Their submission to God was, was unbelievable. Their sold out to the word of God is unmatchable. And their belief to God is uncompromisable. They are so settled in their mind that no matter what happened, and guess what? All of them that I studied, they have perfected life. Many of them, I think about eight of them that I was studying, they are dead now. But guess what? Their result, I can still see it. I say, ah! 
the standpoint of your belief. My question to you this morning, do you believe that in partnering with God that your faith can pull off again? Do you believe that before this year will come to an end, that you can see your overflow? Do you believe that everything that concerns you, it can be perfected? Do you believe? It's a question I need to ask you. And if you believe, do you believe that God can do it? Do you believe? Do you believe? We say in the book of Matthew chapter 9 from verse 28 to 30. Matthew 9, 28 to 30. The Bible says here, this was a story of a man who was blind. I want to, I want to show you what God did to him, what, what Jesus did to this man. It says, and when this man was brought, the Bible says, and when he came to the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus asked him, he said, believe that I can be able to do this. The same thing I'm asking you today. If you want to see perfection, do you believe that God can perfect your life? Do you believe that the perfection you're looking for is possible in God? Or the perfection is possible in that boyfriend? Or possible in that, for lack of better word, that extramarital affair you are having? Do you believe? Do you believe? And the man said, yes, Lord, I believe. And the Bible said, then Jesus touched his eyes, saying, according to your faith, be unto you. The Bible says, and their eyes were open. It says, Jesus straight away charged them, saying, say this to no man. But guess what? Jesus asked them, do you believe? My question that I'm asking you this morning, as we are about to prepare to go to our point number four, my question that I'm asking you this morning, do you believe? Do you believe that the possibility and the power of God, it's possible to perfect everything that concerns you? Do you believe? Number one, if your submission is not in view, your perfection cannot be a reality. If the word of God is not rested in your mouth, your perfection cannot be in view. If your belief and your faith in God is nowhere to be found, forget about this thing called perfection. Because these are the standpoint that guarantees of the belief that we want to see. Point number four quickly. Point number four. Point number four. As we begin to prepare our communion, point number four. For you to be able to find perfection, you must be able to understand that there is jurisdiction and discernment that must come from you. It's what I called the place of jurisdiction, the place of discernment, and the place of your authority. The place of jurisdiction, the place of discernment, and the place of authority. Hear me and hear me well. Not every place is your place, oh. Many of us, we are looking for perfection in some certain business. My dear sisters and brothers, let me be humble enough. I know that you have faith, but is that your place? Everyone has jurisdiction on planet Earth. We all have where God has called us to function. We all do. One of the things I put here, I said, this is one of the things that is making many of us to fail. And yet, we think that God is limited to perform. Because why? We don't know our jurisdiction. We don't have the discernment for us to know. Because this very particular discernment, the ability for us, our eyes to open, that is where this communion service is actually tied to. The ability for your eyes to be able to discern. The ability for you to know. Because the only way for this year to become overflow, you must know your place. If you can enter your place this month, I promise you, God who created the universe in seven days, oh boy, 30 days is too much for him to turn your life around. If I'm lying, ask Joseph. One day, Joseph got married. One day, Joseph got a place of prominence. One day, Joseph's name was changed. One day, Joseph, one day, it is possible. But guess what? He was functioning at a place of his jurisdiction. That is a place that was meant for him. And when he functioned in that very particular place, the power of God to perform all things and to perfect all things was in reality with Joseph's life. Until you are where God has called you to function, 
you cannot be able to find perfection and visibility in that area until you are where God has called you to function. Until you are where God has, some of you this morning you are going to cry, God, show me where I need to stay that guarantees of my perfection. That guarantees of my all-round perfecting. Where I need to stay. We get to see a question God asked Adam. It was a question of jurisdiction. It was a question of position. Where, where there is a place that I am seeing according to my lenses, oh Adam, but where are thou? Genesis chapter 3 from verse 9 to verse 11. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 9 to verse 11. The Bible says here. Yeah. It says, and God called, it says, and the Lord called Adam and said unto him, where are you? It was a question of a position. Where are you? He says, and he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said, who said, who told thee that thou was naked? Have thou eaten of the fruit whereof I've commanded thee thou should not eat? There are many of us who've eaten, we've taken a long journey out of the place that God has actually marked for us to stay. And yet we are crying, perfection, Lord. We are shouting, perfection, Lord. God, perfect all. with God. And he's wondering, where are you? You are naked, hiding somewhere, but yet you are shouting, God, perfect. And he says, no, where I have located for your perfection to be in view, I can't find you there. I can hear your voice, but I can't find your physical location. I can hear your voice, but I can't find you in the place that I have guaranteed for your harvest. My dear sisters and brothers, hear me. For your perfection to be in view, there must be a question that you must ask yourself this morning. Remember, it's a covenant communion service. You must ask yourself, am I at the place that God wants me to be? Or I am functioning in the place of my own thinking. Am I at the place that God has guaranteed my perfection will be a reality? Am I there? Or I'm just doing my own thing? The Bible says God called Adam. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? My dear sisters and brothers, where is the place that God has called you to function? If you are not there, in these 10 days that we are doing, whereby it's left with 7 days, after today, you have to cry your, cry your way and seek God. God, for my perfection to be in view, where is my place that I need to function? Where is my place that I need to function? We say in the book of Isaiah, it's a long read, Isaiah chapter 45 from verse 18 to 20. He says here, he says, for thus says the Lord, he says, that created the heavens and the earth. He said, God himself that forms the earth and made it. He said, he established it. He created it. It is not in vain. He said, he formed it to be habited. Which means God formed it. He says, I am the Lord and there is no one else. He says, I have spoken in secret and in the dark places of the earth. He says, I said unto the seed of Jacob. He said, ye seek me in vain. He says, the Lord, he said, he said, I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things. And in verse 20, he says, assemble yourself. This is where it gets interesting. Verse 20. He said, assemble yourself and come. He says, draw near together that you may escape of the nation. Draw near together that ye are escaped of the nation. Many of us have escaped of the place that God has positioned us. And yet we are wondering, why are we not experiencing perfection? Why are we not experiencing the lifting? I remember by the time God called me into full-time ministry. Ha, me, I was clear because I do want to play this game. By I, I'm telling you what your pastor do. I was so clear about my God. Where is the place that you have called me? I can't be every place. Every place is a no place. There must be a place for me. And he made me to understand. Oh, my wife, I tell you, we're still dating. My wife, I took it three days out. Lord, all I'm coming to seek is my place. And he says, I, I remember very, that voice. Ah, it was, a, it was a voice of peace for me. And he says, my son, 
have engraced you with the power to give the people rest. And that said too, that's why you see to tomorrow, no matter what happened, whether everybody say nonsense, I stay here on the rest mandate till rapture take place. Because I know my place. I know my jurisdiction. He said in verse 20, he said, assemble yourself and come draw near together. He said, because you have escaped to nations. Many of you are scattered in your jobs and your dealings. And yet you are still expecting perfection in that very particular place. Many of us have escaped to place due to convenience or probably due to trouble. And now that the trouble is building, we are now wondering, where is my perfection as promised by God? And God is saying, my dear sister, I have the perfection for you, but where you are now, Kai, you ain't going to walk. 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 From the standpoint of discernment, not every place is your place. Hear me? Not every place. Not every place is your place. You must learn to know how to find your place and function in it. Genesis chapter 22 verse 2 to verse 6. Genesis 22 verse 6. Now this was the story of Abraham because my time is really running out. I need to be fasting this to finish it and we go perform our communion. I want to beat at least, I want to beat my 11 o'clock. And all of a sudden, we saw with Abraham in Genesis chapter 22 from verse 2 to verse 6. The Bible says, the Bible says to, to, to what's called to Abraham, he said, take your son, your only son. He says to a mountain that I will show you so God was saying to him that I will show you, which means from the lexicon and the standpoint of discernment, you'll be able to find the place. To Mount Moriah, I will show you. Say to a place that I will show you. Guess what? That place, you know, by the time I was walking, a little was saying to me, he says, it's like saying, take your child, your only son, he says to a land of Rodeport. Rodeport has a lot of places in Rodeport. There is Heldercreen. There is Florida. There is, name them, there is Constantia Kloof. There is, there is a lot of mini places in Rodeport. But he was saying to Abraham that from a standpoint of discernment, you'll be able to know where is the right place in Rodeport to be able to perform the sacrifice. There are many of us who've done sacrificial stuff. We've sacrificed in our work. We've, we've invested, done every kind of business. And yet we are shouting, why is this thing not functioning? My question that I need to ask you this morning, are you at the right place that God wants you to function or you are going by popular demand? There are some of you, God is saying, stay in South Africa. And you are saying that no man, South Africa is beginning, low shedding is causing problem. I want to relocate to America, calm down. Did God send you to America or you are going to America because of the inconvenience you are currently experiencing? Imagine if this man called Isaac decided to leave that very particular Egypt to, his, to, where, to where he wants to go. How will God has perfected that which concerns him? The Bible says, and Isaac went to ask the Lord, shall I go? And God says, stay in the land. There are many of you, maybe this is your message, stay where you are. Stay there and begin. Instead of you trying to look at other places, stay there. Your jurisdiction, ask God, God, where is my functionality? Where is my place? The Bible now says in verse 4 of Genesis chapter 22, verse 4, the Bible says, and on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes afar off, he says, and he found the place. Guess what? God says, I would tell thee, but Abraham know of the place by the spirit of discernment that was in his inside. There is a level of discernment that will make you understand the place that you need to be. Many of us are born in sacrifice and wondering, why are things not working? Because why? We are not in our place. Abraham would have made a mockery and a caricature. He would have killed that very particular boy because of a wrong place. A wrong jurisdiction. The ability for him to stay from the standpoint of discernment, he would have killed that very particular thing. My dear sisters and brothers, families of rest, 
the power of jurisdiction not every domain within is your destiny not every domain not every domain is within your i can do all things who trust who, yeah yeah you know we like quoting that scripture i can do all things through christ who strengthen me my dear mark that scripture it says i can do all things but there is a condition through christ that strengthens so if you are not strengthening that thing oh boy humble yourself and go to where you are strengthened go many of us are calling for perfection but we are not where we are strengthened it says that the gift of the, the gift that he has given you he said the gift will make you stand before kings and not men my question is that work you are doing is it the gift or you are doing it because that's the availability that you can do now is it the gift he said the gift of a man will make room for him indirectly opportunities will begin to show up perfection of that place will begin but the question i need to ask you are you at the position god wants you to be are you there the power of jurisdiction the power of knowing your place the power of discernment to know discernment to see discernment to hear that this is the voice of god and not the voice of my uncle from the village the power of jurisdiction listen to me not every life and destiny is under your influence as far as perfection is concerned not every life there are some certain people you need to let go the Bible says concerning Abraham when he was going to the mountain in Genesis chapter 22, he got to a particular place. When he saw the place was going, he told the guys, stay behind. I'm going to do some certain work. You don't have any right to follow me here. The power of jurisdiction. The point number one we've just mentioned, the power or the principle of ability for you to submit and be genuinely humble. Number two, the ability for the word of God to be in your mouth. Number three, the ability for you to understand that is a place of belief and faith in God. And number four, the power of jurisdiction. Abraham, where art thou? I mean, Adam, where art thou? Is a question that I'm asking you today. My dear family of rest, are you at the place that you want perfection to be? Are you at the place that God wants perfection to be? The question you have to answer that to. Are you at the place God said, be here? This is where my hand will supply all your needs. Or you're at your own place that you want to force the needs of God to come. You know, this, there is this very particular popular saying I like saying. I say, see, God will only pay for the bills that he orders. He will only pay for the food he orders. The ones that he did not order, you will pay for it too. If you think I'm lying, ask Jonah. Ask Jonah. God asked Jonah to go to a particular jurisdiction, to a particular place to function. Jonah decided to go to Tashis. Guess what? He paid the transport. And the people who partnered with him by carrying him, they also lose their stuff. Because when people are not, hear me, when people are not in their jurisdiction, they make others who is around them bleed. When people are not in their place of functionality, they make others who are not, who is not permitted, bleed around them. The guys who were carrying Jonah, they bleed because they took Jonah. Jonah was not in the place where he was supposed to function. But guess what? When he prayed prayer of repentance, all of a sudden there was a free transport that took him to Nineveh. I believe in my heart that there was still a free transport that would have taken him from where he was to the to Nineveh at the beginning. But he just to sponsor himself. He chooses to force God to complete the journey that he, God did not ask him to go. There are many of us currently now, our ship is beginning to sink because we are not at the right place. People that are looking at us, they are tired of helping us. Not because they don't want to help. They keep wondering. I keep giving you resources. It keep going down. What is happening? The question that I need to ask you, dear sister, dear brother, are you at your place of functionality? The jurisdiction God has, are you at your place? One of the things I want you to understand here, even me as a man of God, 
as much as I am responsible for those who are under me spiritually, for me to be able to mentor you, to guide you, to rebuke you, and to admonish you in righteousness. But I still know that I am not called for everybody. I'm not called for everybody. Oh, my dear, I'm humble to say that. I am not called for everybody. I'm not called. I was not given that capacity for everybody. As much as I know, I know my jurisdiction. I know my place. I know my jurisdiction. My dear sister, hear me and hear me well. All jurisdiction is not your jurisdiction. The reason why, for example, you go to, you go to a doctor and a doctor will give you a particular medicine for headache. That medicine, no matter how much you pray for that medicine, it cannot go and cure typhoid fever. The medicine understands the thing called jurisdiction. That this is my periphery, this is my play field. As far as healing of your body is concerned, is headache. And that is my jurisdiction. That is my place. It's my place. My dear sisters and brothers, this morning as we begin to bring our thought to a close. Beware of compromises. Beware. Because factors are going to come. They will compromise you to shift you from you experiencing the perfecting will of God. And also for you to be able to experience all-round overflow by the end of this year. Because you have to be aware of the compromises that comes from the place of jurisdiction. Oh, there are compromises. There are compromises. There will be people that will want to call you out of the place. No, come and do this. Just invest this. If you invest 10,000, you'll be shocked that in two days, it will turn to 50,000. You are wondering, where will they get the profit from? You did not pray and ask God. You cast your money there and you wonder, how come that basket cannot hold the fish, but the net break and your own was the one that actually fell back into the water. Your own one was, was the one that fell back into the water. Others all stay because that was their prayer. Your own fall into the water. Because you did not consult, you did not have the spirit of discernment to know if this is my jurisdiction to do this business. See, not all business I'm called to do, not. In fact, even the ministry work I'm doing is not all preaching I'm called to preach. My job for me is to make you see the you in Christ's lenses. That's my job. And to take you to enter into rest. That everything that has been stressing you, my job is to give you principles, give you mysteries, and what you call ability for me to trust the Holy Spirit to enforce his possibility on you so that you can have all-round rest in your life. That's my job. Any of that thing, don't call me. Don't, don't, don't call me. I'm, I'm telling you my jurisdiction. I'm, I'm humble this morning to tell you that this is what I'm functioning to do. That's why you will never find me argue with people. When people tell me, no, I don't believe in this doctor, I say, it's okay, that's your problem. Why, why are you telling me? Even me too. People don't believe in this rested life mandate. I've heard somebody who actually said that to me. That no, what, what kind of rest? And I'm like, it's okay. When the day you begin to find stress, you will know why God called for rest. It's okay, let's just make peace. I, I chill. Because why? I know my lane. I know my lane. I know my lane. My dear, there are factors that will show up that will compromise. Some of the factors are money. Just because you have money, all of a sudden you want to try all kinds of business. I've seen money. And especially money, because especially with the whole issue of, of relationship, I've seen money whereby, for example, if the female is more good than with money, or maybe the female has more money than the man, and all of a sudden you forget to understand that there is a jurisdiction of the man, that the man is the head of the home, that there is a place of submission that you need to also function as a woman. But yet you are talking nonsense. And you are wondering, the man is looking at you. And because he's not saying anything, you are trying to break into some certain level in your career, you are not going there. Because why? You have... You have, for lack of a better word, you have fight an authoritative system placed by God. And that is currently now fighting you. It's currently now fighting you. The place of gender. Oh, no, we are equal. My dear, yes, you are equal as far as you guys are not married. But when it comes to marry, forget it. Too. There is a head and there is the neck. That's how I call it. Because the both of them partner. If the head refuses to turn, the neck cannot do anything. 
And if the head want to turn and the neck say no, they can also do anything. That's what I come. Marriage is here. Yes. It's not head and body. It's here. Yes. If the head say I want to turn and the neck say I'm not turning. And the neck say, okay, fine, head turn and head say I'm not doing. Then that we, we all the same. That's what about marriage. But there is that place whereby it separates. It separates. The ability for you to know that. And so one of the things I will begin to bring my thought to a close. To begin to show you. Especially for people who left the place of jurisdiction. One of them was a man called the prodigal son. I'm jumping my dear. I'm try trying to cross. Let's go to the prodigal son. In the book of Luke chapter 15 from verse 21 to 23. I want to use that to bring my thought to a close. Luke chapter 15 from verse 21 to 23. Luke 15, 21 to 23. Hmm. You know, as the scripture is about to come up, I want you to understand something here. That for you to be able to function in your place, because I don't know why this is very important for me. For you to be able to function in your place, you must be able to know the place that God has called you. Every place comes with its own graces and it comes with its own ability. Hear me. I can preach five times today and don't get tired. Ask me to do something outside of preaching today. I promise you, I'll find exhaustion. In fact, I'll be the one to invite exhaustion. Exhaustion is here. Come, 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 stay with me. Every jurisdiction, that is a grace that is supplied. My prayer for you this morning, that you find the grace to be able to play in your field in the name of Jesus. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 15 from verse 21 to 23. I want to use the prodigal son as I begin to bring my thought to a close. The Bible says concerning the prodigal son, you all know the story. The Bible says this very particular man. You know, it's quite interesting when I read this story, there's something I want to say, but I'll say it now. It's quite interesting that when you force God that you want to function at a particular place, he will permit you. He will allow you. Oh, I'm telling you the truth. If you force and say, no, God, this is my will. Remember that your will is stronger than God's will. Let me tell you the truth. Your will is stronger than God's will. Your will is stronger than Christ's will. Your will is also stronger than my will. Your will is that stronger. If you say to God, no, God will not, I mean, God will not force you. It's no, okay. The same thing also because why this story of the prodigal son, it was a prototype of how the system of God is that Jesus was telling them here. It was literally the prototype that if you insist on some certain level without the understanding and the ability to know the kingdom mystery, that it is possible for you to receive it. But the sustainability you will pay with your life. You will. Haven't you seen people who force themselves into marriage? In less than one year, they find themselves divorced. And I bet you most of the time that you ask those people, let's be honest, they will tell you point blank. I knew that this guy or this lady was not for me. But I was just carried by, I was just carried by people who lost money or lost business or lost, ask, ask them, they will tell you. That approach, I knew somewhere in my mind that this thing I'm going to do is wrong. The same thing happens to this man called, um, what's called, prodigal boy. I think for name, no, they just call him prodigal son. Maybe the father name is the prodigal. I don't understand. That's just me. I say, I tell you, they call him man the prodigal son. So if it's called the prodigal son, maybe the father is prodigal because he's <laughs> just saying this to calm you down. But let's read the story. The Bible says for this man, the guy, the guy collected everything that he wants from his father. But all of a sudden, because he was not at the place of jurisdiction, he was not at a place that which God has actually called upon him to function. The prodigal son decided to go to a far country. And let me say this before I read the scripture. Just because you decide to do your own will, and things are going according to you. Ah, if you are not functioning in your place in time, you will find yourself back to square one. You will. 
Ah, you will find. It's not a cause. It's, it's law of life. You will find yourself. You will find yourself. I remember I just very, I don't want to mention his name. There's this very particular um, young man. I remember years back, by the time we started this very particular ministry, I told him, sir, this is what God said. Let's do one, two, three, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to say too much details of it. Ah, the guy was feeling that, ah, this is not Darlington. Darlington, he's my friend now. What is he talking? We, we, we are friends. I chill now, guy. You can't be telling me this. I said, okay, I chill. I didn't say anything. I just respected the guy because for me, I don't force people. The Bible says I lay before you life and death, but I advise you choose. I decided not force the guy, let the guy be. Guess what? This year, in the space of two years, all that he thought that he knows went down the drain. And now he's currently, guy, how do we see and talk? Guy, please, I'm calling. It is well. For the prodigal son, he says here, he says, and he said to the son, he said, Father, I have sinned against the heaven and in thy sight. He says, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. He said, but the father said unto his servant, he said, bring the best robe put on him and put a ring on his hand, a shoe on his feet, and bring the head, what's called the heater of the fattest of calf and kill it. Let us eat and marry. Let us eat and marry. What happened to this boy? The moment this boy, the prodigal son, left his jurisdiction, three things left him. Number one, his covering for his life was not there. The ability for him to have authority and rulership was also not there. His dominion and supply also stopped. Many of us have left our jurisdiction. We've left the place that God has asked us to function on the standpoint of wrong discernment. And now we are bleeding, wandering. The prodigal son left. But when he come back home, look at, look at the four things that happened to this boy's life. I'm saying this because for those of you who are going to be agreeing to say, Lord, I'm going to submit myself to your will this season. Number two, Lord, I'm going to make sure that your word stays in my mouth. Number three, God, I'm going to believe in you by fire, by force, by everything, no matter what. And number four, I'm going to stay in my lane. Look at the four things that happened to this boy. The Bible says in verse 22, that as the boy was busy talking to his father, the same thing God is asking me to tell you today, that I want to perfect all that which concerns you. The Bible says, and God said to him, he said, bring the robe. What does the robe represent there? The robe represents covering and protection. There are some of us, covering and protection is far from us because we have left our place of functionality. In fact, there are some, some of you, there's some certain church that you know, you are still contemplating, no, platform church, no, no, not platform church. Let me do this church because I don't want to mention any church name. Platform, not this, and, and yet you are empty. The, rebel, the, the devil keep playing table tennis. When the prodigal son came back home, the first thing that was given to him was a robe. Because why? He recognized that there is a man there in that place. And there is a grace the man carries. Every man carries grace. Based on the investment they have encountered with God. And the, number two, the Bible says, and the father put a ring in his hand. What was the ring? The ring was authority and rulership. In the record, that ring there represents what we call the umpire kind of life. He put a ring in the boy's hand. As if that was not enough, he put a shoe on his feet. What does the shoe represent? The shoe represents dominion and possession. Dominion and possession. And number four, he gave him food to eat. There are many of us right now, we are currently wondering as to what is happening. 
hear the word of the Lord as presented in a simple form. I'm take, I take my time because I still have the eight. I say, no, I don't want to do. I want to take my time. You are going to open your mouth right now. You're going to pray. Lord, hmm, the place that I must reign, please help me find it. In this season of fasting and prayer, Lord, please help me find it. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Lord, the place I must reign. My dear, there are grace for jurisdiction. If you know your own place, you can enjoy that very particular place. And yet, the place may come with body, but God, help me find my place. I'm tired of just walking. January to June, things are not showing up. Help me find my place. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Help me find my place, Lord. Help me find my place, Lord. As you begin to prepare for your communion, Lord, help me find my place. And for some of you, you need to pray the prayer, Lord, location that I must be to enjoy all around perfection. Lord, direct me there. Direct me there. I'm tired of this game. I'm tired. Lord, direct me there. Location I must be. Father, direct me. By your mercy. 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 Krakosh filata branat. Next prayer point we're going to pray. Lord, any place that I'm lacking or failing short, Lord, I call for mercy to intervene. Because some of you may be lacking in the place of submitting to God. Some of you may be lacking in the place of you adhering to the word of God and making it your life and your lamp. Some of you may be struggling in believing God. That You understand. I have to just call. And I understand your story on the earthly part. I understand your pain. But that, that, that is a place for God's perfection that comes from your faith in God. And some of you probably you are out of lane. Like the prodigal son, you are far. And you've lacked covering. You've lacked protection. You've lacked authority and dominance. And there is no food or supply to you. You are going to open your mouth and say, Lord, I cry for mercy this morning. Mercy speak for me. Mercy speak for me. Mercy speak for me. Mm. Marato shivrata peleta. Avi karamo shalata iyana. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. At this moment, I want you to take your communion because we're going to be praying tonight. I don't want us to pour much energy this morning. We'll be pulling the energy tonight. I want you to take your communion. Your communion. Your communion. Let's take our communion this morning. What is in the communion this morning is one scripture that I'm about to read this morning. Luke chapter 24 from verse 28 to 35. It's a long read. Luke 24, 38 to 25. 38, sorry. Luke 24, 38 to 35. I think the one I have on the screen just stopped at 32. But let's see what the Bible says here. The Bible says here, this was, these were men that were hanging around Jesus. Because this is going to be our prayer point. That God, this morning, based on this very particular communion, as I partake of this communion, my eyes see. My eyes see. The ability to discern. The ability to discern. It takes discernment for you. If you've discerned God properly, you'll be able to submit. If you've discerned God properly, you'll be able to adhere to his word, his principle, and his system. If you've discerned God properly, you'll be able to operate in faith, no matter how the fact of life has been presented. If you've discerned God properly, you'll be able to know the position, your jurisdiction, you'll be able to know. The Bible says here in the book of Luke chapter 24, I'll be fast in my reading, he was talking about this very particular group of men. Jesus at this point has resurrected, and Jesus was standing around them and was talking, but they lack one thing. They could not notice that Jesus was Christ. And let me show you how the communion empowers their sight to see. It says, and they begin to draw near to the village. It says, where that they went. It says, and he made as though he would, go, would have gone further. It says, but they constrained him, saying, abide with us. For 
for it for it is to, towards evening he says and the day was fast spent he says and he went in and tarried with them this was jesus going in and tarried with these very particular guys he said he went in and tarried with them he says and it came to pass as he sat down and ate the bible says he took the bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to them and as soon as he gave it to them he says their eyes were open and they knew him he now says, and as soon as he knew him, he vanished from their side. 32. He says, and they said unto one another, did not our heart burn with us, within us, while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scripture? He says, and they rose up the same hour, and they returned to Jerusalem, and they find the eleven together, and they, I mean, them, they were with them, saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he had appeared to Simon. He says, and they told what things were done in the way. He says, and he was known unto them by what? By the breaking of bread. My dear, this communion that you are currently having in your hand, it has the power of insight. These guys, guess what? The pain for me here is the fact that they were hanging with Jesus, but yet they had no clue. Many of us are sitting with opportunity. We are sitting with it. We are sitting with possibility, but because our eyes has been blinded, by the devil, we could not see. You are going to hold your communion this morning. You are going to pray. As Jesus break the bread and they ate of it, their eyes open. You are going to pray this morning, Lord, by your mercy, as I partake of this communion, let every sight that needs to be open, let it be. And when I'm talking about, I'm not talking about physical eye. For those who are having physical problem, yes, it can happen for you. You can literally see your sight. But the ability to see, because there are opportunities that are buried in this July. God, open my eyes. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Jevrikato savranata leketeshala. Alekuta pregedishala takimanos. Epinako paratikata. Lord, as I partake of this communion, my eyes are open. I see opportunities. I see possibilities. Lakota, every wasted years and wasted month. Lord, my eyes see them. I recover them from my sight being seen. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare as I speak this morning, Father, over the communion that is in everybody's hand and in front of you, Lord, I declare that that communion is blessed. I declare that it becomes the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. I declare that as you partake of that communion, you partake of your eyes opened. Your spiritual eyes are opened. Your physical eyes are opened. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because we know that this is done. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And God's people say, Amen. You can partake of your communion. That's all we have for today. But be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.